0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Uh, this morning, I want to welcome you once again to Elevation Church. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, uh, my name is Marty, and together with my amazing wife, Rachel, who uh, you met previously, we get the great uh, privilege of leading this song that we just sang, Resurrection Power, um, and being Easter Sunday, obviously, as we've said many times, just in, case you've, <laughs> just in case you've forgotten, it's that time of year that we celebrate the resurrection of Christ from the dead. All across the world, from Romania to Brazil, from Alaska to Nigeria, from Indonesia to Australia, from the Catholic Church to the Church of England to Pentecostal to Baptist to Ethan, or- uh, Ethan, Ethan Orthodox—that's a new one I've just come up. <laughs> Meant to say Eastern Orthodox. <laughs> um, Ethan or- where is Ethan? Ethan Orthodox um, from Eastern <laughs> Orthodox. To the secret underground churches of China and the Middle East, all those that acknowledge and believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, unite across this weekend as we remember His sacrifice, as we celebrate His triumphant resurrection and therefore ascension to heaven. And so this morning as we're gathered right here, in Mandra, thankful that we're able to gather together. Can you believe Easter last year, we were all in our jammies watching church on the internet? Hey, 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 don't clap that too loud. Come on, no, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, it, was a, it was a fun season, but we're thankful to gather in person, thankful to gather uh, without wearing masks as well. And so this morning, uh, this Easter time, I, I want to I speak about this resurrection power. Now, if you've been in church for a while, I want to encourage you, don't just, don't just switch off. Maybe like, okay, it's Easter. I know what this will be. It'll be talking about the sacrifice of Jesus, talking about, you know, what He did on the cross. I know the story. Can you just get to the part where you hand out the chocolate eggs, you know, and then we can, then we can be done. That's coming. That's coming. Trust me. But can I encourage you to, to look with some, with some fresh eyes this morning? Maybe it's your first time in church Maybe it's your first time in a while. Possibly you grew up in church, but it's been it's been a while. It's been years, or maybe you didn't grow up with any background uh, like church type background at all. Maybe someone from work invited you. Maybe maybe a friend, maybe a family member, or maybe just maybe, as we've heard many times before, uh, maybe you were just driving past and thought it's just something about. This place, has just got, they've got like this born for more thing and maybe there's just something about that, that that speaks to me. But whatever circumstances brought you to this moment in time right now, I wanna let you know that Easter and the good news that Jesus, Son of God, came to earth, sacrificed His life for us, overcame sin and death. Uh, it gives us more than we often think. You see, it's more than just a set of guiding principles to live our lives by, although that's, that's part of it. It's more than just a moral vision of how society and the world should look, although that's, that's part, of the, part of the good news as, as well. It's more than doing the right thing you know, a friend of mine was telling me the other day he had a, uh, a tradesman uh, come over, and um, as he was doing some work, um, he said to him, hey, look, look at this funny thing I've got on my phone. And as he passed him his phone, he's like, oh, you're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? And my friend got the phone and said, yes, I am. And the guy went really embarrassed because maybe the joke was a little bit off colour and just went, oh, yeah, that's funny, and, paid, and, <laughs> and gave it back to him. But, you know, even though that's part of it, Christians are not just the ones that don't laugh at all the other jokes that other people do. There's more than just doing the right thing. There's more than just a tick in the national census box or a banner that we place over our family to say that we are Christians. And it's more than just ritual or tradition of turning up to a building on a Sunday morning, although that is part of it and that rhythm sets us to be encouraged around God. But I want you to listen to what a guy called Paul writing in the Bible in the New Testament says. He says this in um, Ephesians. This is a letter to a church in a place called Ephesus. And so it's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 and 20. It'll be on the screen. Yep, behind me. It says this. Paul says, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Notice here in this scripture, Paul doesn't say, now because of what Jesus did, because, because how God raised Him from the dead, he's a bunch of rules that you should live by. He's not praying for these people saying can you please just do the right thing and get your stuff together and just you know can, can you just can you just do that for me no he's praying that they would understand that the same power that God used to raise Christ Jesus from the dead to give him victory over sin victory over fear victory over death that same power is available in here right now in Mandra in 2021 right now for your life that same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can dwell in us. It's resurrection power. Now, oftentimes when we think of power, sometimes our mind goes to the negative side. So we think of the abuse of power, or we think of power that's used to squash or manipulate, or power that's used to enslave or exert you know, pressure, military might. But for us, that's not the power that God's talking about. That's not resurrection power. Resurrection power is the power of God, it's the ability, it's the supply, it's the capacity in God to see love, to see grace, to see truth break through any barrier or situation that we might find. That is the resurrection power that's available for each and every single person here this morning. It's resurrection power that can fill your life, that when all hope seems lost, when the way forward looks impossible, no, no, there is resurrection power that's found in Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're, Marriage is facing a massive challenge at the moment. It seems like there's no way forward. I want to tell you the same power, this same ability, the same capacity, this same supply that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is available to come in and to bring restoration, to bring breakthrough, and to come and make a difference in your marriage. Maybe you just feel stuck in a rut. Maybe the cogs of life are turning and you just feel like you're like that little hamster running on the wheel, just going through life, just, you know, you know work, get home, watch Netflix, eat some dinner, go back to work the next day, ah, oh, it's the weekend. You know, maybe we just feel like that, but in God, there is resurrection power that can bring rest. There's resurrection power that brings peace when striving wants to come and fill us, and anxiety wants to come and fill our life and fill our bones. There's rest that's found in Jesus Christ. There's deeper meaning, there's renewed purpose, there's identity, which is found in this resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're a young person here and you're struggling to find your fit with friends in school. You're asking, you know, all the big questions. You know, who, who am I? Do, I? do I really fit in? Who, who cares for me? Like, what will my future be? Hold. I, I want to tell you, that resurrection power is available. It doesn't matter the age, it doesn't you know, kick in at voting age or 18 or, or anything like that. No matter our age, no matter our stage of life, I want to tell you young people that resurrection power is available and it's here for you to build a foundation of trust in God to understand that God has a purpose. He has a plan for you. It's here to speak dream and speak vision into your life. No matter what other people have said, there's resurrection power of God to speak destiny into your life. But you might be asking, well, how how do we... Find this resurrection power. How do we access it? I'm so glad you asked me. Thanks, thanks so much. We're, we're going to read in um going to read in the Bible. This is Paul wrote this as well. This is in Philippians chapter two, verse five to eleven. He says this: You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not. Uh, sorry, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here we find Paul again encouraging the church in a place called Philippi to have the same attitude, have the same approach to life that Jesus did. But notice how it's so opposite to the way of the world. The world says that the way up is up. Work hard, push hard, achieve more, do more, be more, take more. You've got to climb the corporate ladder. This is what the world says. You've got to push past other people to get yours. The world often has what we might call a fixed pie mentality. It's that the pie is only this big and Jeremy over there, he's taken a big slice of that pie. So now there's less pie left, left, left for me as an example. you know, But we, we, we have this, the world has this fixed pie mentality. Someone... Get something that it means that I miss out. But notice that's not Jesus' way. The way of Jesus is the upside down. No no, I'm not talking about the parallel universe with the mind, flare, and eleven and the battle and all that all that sort of stuff. Five people got that great. I'm talking about something else. The way of Jesus is upside down when compared to the world system. Upside down in the fact that Jesus' resurrection power started not with him pushing up against everything and everyone, but it actually started with a descent. It started with going down. You see, we read in Philippians before, it says that he didn't cling to equality with God. So Jesus was there in heaven with God, equal with him. But it says he lowered himself, to become human, one of us. And not only that, and we we don't have time to read about it now, but but Jesus lived in obscurity for the majority of his life. You you might not be aware of this, but the Bible talks about his birth, talks about a few years later, his parents escaping uh, to Egypt, and then not much else. There's no developmental milestones that were reached. There's no, this is when Jesus walked. This is when Jesus, Jesus did this. No, there's, there's 12 years old in the temple. Um, but, but, but before that, there's nothing. There's none of those things that we as parents often, often do. We were, our eldest was doing an assignment the other day uh, where she had to do like a, a you know, lifetime timeline, And so being the eldest, um, she went back to our, uh, you know, baby book milestones booking because first child, like everything was in there. Like a reading through, oh, you did this then, you did this then. Oh, this is when you lost your first tooth, your second tooth, your third tooth, your fourth tooth, your fifth, I'm not lying, fifth tooth, sixth tooth, seventh. See we get up to or ninth. Yeah, eighth tooth, ninth tooth, that was the first child. The third child, there's lucky to be a picture on the wall of him. <laughs> any any eldest know that? I know that. My my photo album is like this thicker, then my two brothers gets progressively smaller. But there's none of that for Jesus. No, not even third child there. Oh, I think we've got some photos on the phone of that one. You know, like there's not, no, no, none of none of that. Jesus lives in obscurity basically until the age of 30 and then we read that he humbles himself on the cross and dies a death that he didn't deserve you see Jesus way is upside down the world says push up to get yours do do what you can work hard achieve it but but Jesus starts by descending But the great news, and this is the great news of Easter Sunday, is it doesn't end there. Because we read before, I'm going to read verse 9 through 11 as well. So we started with his descent. And then from verse 9 it says, Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave Him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the upside down. Jesus starts with a descent. He starts with not clinging to equality with God. He starts with taking a human form. He starts with coming to this earth and living in obscurity for most of His life and then descends even further to die a death on the cross, a criminal's death. But then something powerful happens from verse 9. Jesus' journey starts with a descent, but it doesn't end there. God's got some resurrection power that lifts up Jesus out of death into life, out of ridicule, into honour. From out of the power of the Jewish and Roman rulers to be the one that every name would, would bow down to, that every knee would bow down. That, that same resurrection power that we read about In Ephesians, that was towards Jesus. I want to tell you, it's towards you today. However, we access it in exactly the same way. It starts with a descent. Now, this is not a descent into self-loathing or beating ourselves up for all the things that we've done wrong and our mistakes. It's no form of condemnation. It's a descent that removes ourselves from the throne of our lives takes out the I know best, I want this, I'll decide for me, we're walking around seeing Sinatra, you know, I did it my way. It takes us from that and we yield the control of our life to Jesus, to his ways, to his thoughts, to his patterns, to his rhythms, to his priorities. Remember, the way up is down. The Bible says it like this in First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honour. How do we access this resurrection power? We access it exactly the same way that Jesus accessed it as he was risen from the dead. And if you're taking notes, I've said it already, but number one is this, is simply the way up is down. The way up is down. In a few moments, at the end of the message, we'll take some time to ask people if they have a relationship with Jesus. We'll pray a prayer, which is simply a way of me helping you to articulate what's uh, going on inside of you—an in eternal, uh, internal, sorry, decision to follow Jesus to step off the throne of your life and to let Jesus come in and be the centre and be the one who sits, who has control, that that you say, Jesus, come and be with me. Come and fill me with your peace. Come and fill me with your love. Come and fill me with your grace. The way is to first step down. You see, another example, when Jesus was on earth, the mother of the two disciples that came to him asking for a place of honour for her boys, and part of Jesus' response was this. It's found in Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28. And he says this He says, You know, the rulers are in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. It's the upside down. It's that strength is found in submission. It's that resilience is found in rest in Him. It's that greatness is found in servitude. And so when it comes to this resurrection power that God has here available for each and every one of us today, the first step is is simply to understand that the way up is down the second thing to understand is simply this, is that there is always hope. There's always hope. Do you ever think, you don't have to answer this out loud or even put your hand up, but do you ever think that if you were God, you would do some things differently? Or, or is it just me? You're like, you know what, I know, you know infinite wisdom and all that, God, but if it was me, God, I would just do it. Slight, can, I, can I just give you a hint? You know, like it's sort of like one of those, you know when people give you a compliment, but there's like a little backhanded underneath, like maybe you should try it like this. Hey, that was great how you did it like that, but maybe can we just try, you know, this sort of way as well. I don't know about you, but if it was me, and we talk about the resurrection, I would have gone with a little bit more spectacular. I, was go- I would have gone for a little bit more like in your face. I would have gone for, you know, Jesus died on the cross, you know, the spear, the blood and water's down the side. And then, you know, in sort of like Schwarzenegger or like, you know, Rambo, sort of, you know, Rocky, sort of Sylvester Stallone style, sort of like rip the nails off and sort of be hovering over people and say, I'm risen, I'm here, take that. You know, like, w- w- that, that's just me. Maybe, 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 maybe not you. Maybe not you, thanks, thanks, Chris. But thankfully, I don't decide. (laughs) Thankfully. My wife agreed with that one a lot. Um, And God is infinitely wiser than me. Because I'm not sure what you did yesterday, whether you went to the beach, whether you just hung out, whether you ate more Easter eggs, whatever you did yesterday. But can you imagine at the original death and resurrection of Christ, what the disciples did on Saturday, they don't have hindsight, the Bible's pretty clear throughout that basically they don't understand what's happening until after the fact, they don't have hindsight, they just have a dead Jesus on Saturday, and their own regret about abandoning Him in His hour of need. Well, what about, what about Saturday? See, if it was me, it would have been all done on Friday. I know, see, another reason that wouldn't be as good, we wouldn't get a public holiday on Monday. So you see, God is infinitely wiser than me, right? But if it was me, it would have been all done on Friday. But what about Saturday? What about, what about Saturday? It sounds like a tragic and depressing day, but it should be the most encouraging, the most faith-stirring day, because it shows us that when everything looks lost, there's still hope. It shows us that when maybe our marriage feels like everything's lost, no, no, there is still hope. It shows us that maybe we've been knocked back for job after job and we're like, God, would you just open a door? Would you just bring something to me? We understand that there is always hope because there might be a Saturday, but Sunday is coming. It might be a Saturday that's dark and depressing and you're confused and you don't know what's going on. You're like, God, where are you? I thought you would be with us through everything and He is, but I wanna tell you that Sunday is coming when death and sin and the powers of this world looked like they had triumphed the cross had the final word what looked like a defeat turned into a victory and I want to show you this 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 little clip it's actually from an American football college but it just illustrates this so powerfully so if you could flick that up for us Beck would be amazing I don't know if you've seen this one before Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline. Another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They get it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to the end of the Bears. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, traumatic, heartrending. Come on, how, how good is that? Have you seen that before? No. Not into 80s college football. I, I, lo- I love that. I love that you, I might have cut him off, but the, the commentator is so shocked that he starts to run out of adjectives. He's like, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's mind blowing. It's, 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 and he just, he just can't think of any more. But I want to tell you, I think that illustrates Easter. So powerfully. When it feels like it's too late, there's always hope. In Jesus Christ. When you think it's lost, I want to tell you there's still time. When it feels like the opposition is having a party, when it feels like the band is coming out on the field already because the game is just about done, I want to tell you there's still one more play because there is always hope in Jesus Christ. There's always hope. No spirit of darkness, no evil spirit can come against us. There is always hope and for some of us it's time to kick the band off the field and say there's still a few few more seconds. There's still more time. We can still make a difference. God can still make a way and say, band, you it's not your time. Off the field, there's one more play. And I'm not sure what you're facing right now. Maybe it feels like a deep, dark Saturday, but whatever is going on, Easter Sunday is just around the corner. It might, it might not be the next day, Maybe there's been some things you've been believing God for 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 years. Maybe you're like, God, this Saturday, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, again, again, again. Thanks, Bill Murray. Again, again, again. But I want to tell you that Sunday's coming. There's resurrection power that's available. Easter Sunday is just around the corner. It's time to tell the band to get off your field. Because Jesus has another play ready to go. I missed, I missed that. Oh, you know, I get it. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. Josh is quicker than me, so I just always have to take a few seconds to catch up. There's always hope. I want to tell you, there's always, there's always hope. There's always hope. Come on, there's always hope. Whatever you're facing right now, I want to tell you, there's always hope. Whatever it feels like right now, I want to tell you there's always hope. There's always hope. No matter the age, no matter your situation. Easter tells us, like I said, if it was just me, it'd be all done and dusted on Friday. Easy. But no, no. God in His infinite wisdom knew that we'd have Saturdays. He knew that. There'd be those dark nights of the soul. But I wanna encourage you this morning that Easter Sunday is just around the corner. There is always hope and the way up is down. There's resurrection power that's available for each and every one of us today. And as we come to a close, like I mentioned, I'm gonna give some time to invite those to say a prayer that connects us with Jesus. Jesus. But before we do that, I want to share a quick little picture with you. Currently, as you if you drive around this area, uh, you'd understand that it's what we call Junk Week. I think that's just our I think it's just our family description of it. I don't think that's what it's actually called. I think it's called curbside pickup. Um, and if you're a little bit nosy like me, you probably enjoy looking at other people's junk thinking "Mm, that's interesting that they got rid of and then it's even better when you know the person. You know what I mean? Like you're driving past the house like, ah, there's, yeah, there's a few people in this church that live on Peerwood Parade. I might have looked at your junk affair. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I'm stopping now, I promise. Especially because I just realised how terrible that was. All right, so moving on. But it struck me that many times we might think of our relationship with Jesus and we might treat Him a little bit like the guys that come around and get a junk at curbside pickup. We think, Jesus, I've got some stuff. I've got some junk in my life. If I place it here just on my verge, out the front of where everyone of, of my home, if I just place it there, Jesus, would you just come past and would you, would you pick up my junk, please? Would you, just, would you just take it away? Come and collect it. And then you know what? I'll see you next quarter. Trust me, I'll buy some more stuff that'll break within the next three months. And then I'll put it out on the verge again for you to collect once again. And, and you see, that's, sort of, that's a little bit of what Jesus does. Not, 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 not really. I mean, 1 Peter says that we can cast our cares on Him because He cares for us. But rather, Jesus wants to do something way more powerful than just take your junk off the verge. He wants to do a total renovation of your home from the inside out. You see, so often we wanna keep Jesus at arm's length and just think, I'll just put my junk on the verge. Jesus, this is all I'm ready to deal with. Would you just take this from me? Take this from me, take this from me. Okay, back into my home now. But what Jesus really wants to do is He wants to come on the inside of your life and He wants to create new and fresh. He wants to renovate your life from the inside out. The life that Jesus has for us is so different, is so new when compared to the ways of the world that He describes it like this to a guy called Nicodemus in John 3. This is his last scripture, verse three and six. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the Kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the Kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to a spiritual life. Jesus doesn't want your junk. He wants to knock on the door of your heart. He wants to come inside of your home. And He wants to renovate the whole thing from the inside out. For some of us, we've been holding Jesus at arm's length for a while. We've been chucking our junk every quarter on the verge Excited for when He comes past to get rid of it all and then we just do the same thing again next quarter, same thing again next quarter, same thing again next quarter. Oh, it's greens this time? Awesome. Okay, oh, it's metal and stuff this time? Oh, no, the Rangers are coming to check what's out there. Okay, quick, quick, pull this stuff, pull this stuff off and we just do it again and again and again. But what Jesus wants, He wants to come inside of you. He wants to renovate and clear out the whole thing from the inside out. And this morning... As if your head is bowed, if your eyes closed, I want to give people an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus Christ. To say yes to Jesus, to say, you know what? I want you to come in and renovate me from the inside out. From the inside out.